Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Leaders of NATO and the G7 hold an emergency summit this week in Brussels to discuss the war in Ukraine. But Ukrainian officials are hoping for more than speeches and pledges of solidarity. Ukraine wants weapons and sanctions to fight back against Russia. NPR's Jason Bobian joins us from Lviv. Hey, Jason. Hey, Ari. First, let me ask you about reports that Russia has lost somewhere between 7,000 and 15,000 troops already in the first month of the war. Even the low end of that number is wildly high. Give us some perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, this is getting a lot of play here. People are paying attention to this. Uh, these reports are coming from unnamed NATO officials, and they are estimates. You know, But if these numbers are true, you know, at least 7,000 dead, those are devastating losses for the Russians. To, to put this in context, the U.S. lost 2,500 service members in Afghanistan over the course of two decades. So this number of deaths for the Russians in just the first four weeks is staggering. All right, now let's turn to the upcoming meetings in Brussels. NATO leaders and leaders from the G7 are gathering specifically to discuss the crisis in Ukraine. Yeah. What do Ukrainians hope to come out of this? Well, you know, to try to get a better sense of that, I, I spoke today with the former Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko. He was president from 2014 to 2019. Poroshenko says what Ukraine needs right now from the international community are even harsher economic sanctions on Russia and more weapons to fight Russian troops on the ground. We need anti-aircraft, anti-missiles and jet fighter. Given that NATO has rejected requests for a no-fly zone, Poroshenko wants NATO to donate any MiG fighters that they can get their hands on to, to Ukraine. Ukraine wants MiGs because they're, these are the planes that their pilots have been trained on and, and know how to fly. How optimistic is he that NATO and European allies will come through with more military support? Um, he believes that they will, but he is concerned that that support might not come fast enough. Uh, he makes the argument that Ukraine is just the first step in Putin's military efforts. Next, Putin might go after the Baltic states, he says, or try to annex Moldova. His message to the world is... This is not you assisting or helping Ukraine. This is not true. You investing in your own security. And that's why it's so important tomorrow NATO meeting and just sanction against Russian oligarchy is not enough. He wants even more sanctions against Russia and he wants pledges that the international community is going to help repair the billions and billions of dollars in damages that Ukraine has already suffered in this war. So many millions of people have fled Ukraine. Where was the former president when you spoke to him? You know, he's still in the capital. He's in Kyiv. Uh, we spoke over Skype. Uh, he was describing the constant shelling that's happening just a few miles away from the office he was in. He talked about the air raid sirens that are going off constantly. Poroshenko said that it's devastating for him and for most Ukrainians to see the destruction that's happening all over their country over the last month. Uh, he spoke specifically about the besieged port city of Mariupol. Uh, Putin has argued that one of the reasons he invaded Ukraine was to protect Russian-speaking people in the country, and this, this was Poroshenko's reaction to that. Do you know, I'm not sure that you know, that, that Mariupol is most Russian-speaking city in Ukraine? More than 82% of Mariupol uh, inhabitants speaks Russian. Poroshenko says the destruction of Mariupol now just illustrates the cruelty of Putin's invasion. 
That is NPR's Jason Bobian reporting from Lviv in western Ukraine. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome, Ari. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. On this week's episode of Wildcard, comedian Bowen Yang says you don't have to feel bad for falling short on mindfulness. I get in my own way by, like, over-privileging the present. That's so interesting because everyone wants to be in the present. I feel like being present is overrated. I'm Rachel Martin. Join us for NPR's Wildcard podcast, the game where cards control the conversation. When you hear Birmingham, Alabama, you might think about the civil rights movement, but maybe not about baseball. But as the oldest pro ballpark in America, Rickwood Field saw the struggle for freedom play out right there on the dirt and grass. I'm Roy Wood Jr. I grew up in Birmingham, and I'm going to tell you this whole story. Listen to Road to Rickwood from WWNO and WRKF, part of the NPR Network.